Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. My wife did a great job, but I got to plug it one more time. Men's retreat. Okay? Call it whatever you want. You know, I don't like the word retreat. Men's advance. Men's getaway. Men's snuggle up. No, I'm kidding. Don't call it that. <laughs> Do not call it that. Um, uh, but, but it's an awesome time. Not only that, here's my, here's my actual pastoral real appeal. If we don't get 30 guys to go, financially we're in trouble. <laughs> so we need 30 guys to go. We are not there. (laughs) You got to go. Okay? Okay? It is two weeks from right now. Okay? Uh, He's bringing Dave Rees with him. Dave Rees is a biker. He's traveled all over the country and shared his faith with bikers. The guy is awesome. We're going to have some man cave setup stuff in the room uh, and numerous other things. There's food included Friday night and Saturday. Um, It's going to be awesome. It's not going to be just having church for three days in a row. That is not what it's going to be. <laughs> okay, so if you're thinking that, that is not it. Just like it wasn't that last year. It's not that this year. Um, uh, but it's going to be awesome. Pastor Gary is amazing. If you haven't seen him, uh, know him. It, he's awesome. And it's the Double Tree in Downers Grove. So it's 20 minutes from here. So if you're like, I can't stay over, or, I, you know, I got to work, or whatever. Man, come, come to some and then stay at home. Or you're like, well, I can't make it Friday night, but I can make it Saturday. Great. Come. <laughs> we'll take it. Okay? We'll take you. We need you. We want you there. This is for you. So it's, it's, it's awesome, and we're super excited. It's also a lot of work. So if you don't come, I'm like, you guys are paying me for, you know, something that's not good. So anyway, please, please, please sign up and come. And if you've got more questions, just ask, okay? All right, I'm going to pray before I keep going because I feel weird going right in the message from that. God, bless this morning. We pray, God, for everybody. We know there's people battling sickness right now, God, everywhere in our church, but outside of our church, God, we pray for your protection on their lives. We pray for your healing hand, God. If they need medicinal help, doctoral help, that you'd lead them to that as well. God, we pray that you would... Just do a mighty work. Protect the people in our church. You've been so good to us, God. We've been so blessed to not see one person pass away at Thrive in the last couple years from this. But we know that's nothing but your mercy and your goodness. But would you continue to sustain us and carry our church through this? We pray for your presence in this room and for your presence in in the room of everybody that's watching online, God. Meet with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are continuing our series, Faith That Brings Freedom, and it's in the book of Galatians uh, in the New Testament. Paul writes to the church in Galatia, okay? Galatians sounds weird. What does that mean? It's a church that was in the city of Galatia. That's why it's called that. So those people were Galatians, and he writes a letter to them because what happened is people kind of crept in, and we're now telling these New Testament believers, hey, you aren't doing enough to follow Jesus, and basically, they were trying to say, you've got to basically be new Judaism. 
Judaism 2.0. So you can say you follow Jesus, but you also got to uh, eat certain pagan sacrifices, and, or you got to eat certain uh, ceremonial sacrifices, and, and, and you got to dress a certain way, and you're unclean at these times. <clears throat> and the biggest one was, and uh, you got to get circumcised, which, you know, at past a certain age, doesn't sound that great. <laughs> you know, I don't think it sounds that, I remember when my boys were little, you know, I, I won't name names, but, um, we, you know, in the hospital they got circumcised, and I were just being like, man, this is awful. This is the worst thing ever. <laughs> like, and, and did anybody, I think after the first one I learned, don't watch that, because you're invited to watch it. What a horrible idea. <laughs> what, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get it. So anyway, and that's what's happening in this church in Galatia. Like, you got to do this now. And they don't have what we, there's no anesthesia. There's no, so why, and, and I don't know about, like if I told you today, hey, before you go today, everybody's got to get this done. You know what? That would probably be the last day of Thrive Church, right? <laughs> and rightfully so, because that'd be creepy and weird, right? And probably violate our lease. So, so they, they have this infiltrator in their church, beginning to break down the gospel of what Jesus actually did for them. And they have to, Paul basically confronts the truth. And some of these are people he would have said, I even respect and think the world of them. So I remember a, a few years ago, and then we'll dive into the scripture, but I remember a, a few years ago, I was in a situation before Thrive, and I was brought into a very important board meeting where they asked me a question. And not only that, they asked me a question over and over and over. And I kept giving a very spiritual answer, <clears throat> but not an honest one. <laughs> and, uh, and as I did, I began to feel like the heaviness of the situation because they were looking for something. And I knew what they were looking for. And it's not that I wanted to lie to them, but I also wanted to be honoring to someone. And I'm wrestling in this moment, what do I do, Lord? What do I do? And it came to a pivotal moment where I felt the Holy Spirit basically tell me, these are rare moments in life, okay? I don't think they come every day. I don't think somebody should make a ministry out of this, okay? But this was one of those moments where I felt the Holy Spirit basically say, right now you have a choice to honor a certain person or me, but you can no longer do both. Because the truth will only honor one of us. For the other person, it's going to expose them. It was a hard deal. Anybody here ever been in a situation like that? Where you had to say or do something that you're like, I know this is the right thing, but it feels wrong. Because it's rough, it's brutal. You know, ultimately it is the right thing, and ultimately good comes from it, right? But in the moment, it don't feel good. You know, it's like, it's like cutting the guy from the team. You know, there's some guy, like, not everybody can be on the team. Hey, you're not going to make the team. Sometimes that's just what's got to happen. Nobody wants to do that. It's just something that has to, and that was a moment where I felt like the Lord said, you can honor me or honor man, but you can't do both. It was, it was rough. And God used it. Ultimately, God used it. It was, it was a catalyst for God doing a lot of great things. But that night, it did, not, it did not feel great. 
Paul gets to that moment, and that's where we are in the scripture now. So Galatians chapter 2, starting at verse 11, Paul opposes Cephas. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came, before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when he arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw they weren't acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, don't you love that? (laughs) Paul's like, you know what? Don't you love being confronted in a group of people? That's so good. (laughs) It's fun being the person who does it sometimes. It's really not, but Paul was like, yeah, I'll do it. Nobody else will do it. I'll do it. When I saw that they weren't acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth aren't sinful Gentiles. Know that a person isn't justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law because the works of the law, by the works of the law, no one is justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I'd be a lawbreaker. For though the law, through the law I died to the law, that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I didn't set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness can be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. He stands up to Cephas. Some think that's maybe another name for Peter. We don't really know. Uh, it's not totally clear. Uh, theologians differ on it. Um, but ultimately, he, he stands up and he says, hey, you are living by law again, and you're creating something according to an Old Testament rule, and Jesus either did the work or he didn't. We're either forgiven and set free or we're not. So the first point out of this section I want to pull out is your faith, faith that brings freedom. Okay, you are set free when you come to know Jesus. We are under sin and under law when we don't know Jesus. We're apart from God. We may not realize it. We may want God, but we don't know him. We're not tight with him. We're separate from him. But when we accept Jesus in, it changes the story. We're not bad to good. We're dead to alive. We're slave to free. Now, there's New Testament scriptures that talk about being a slave to Christ, and that's for another time. But that's a voluntary, I'm with you, Lord, always. I'm your man. That, that, that's what that means. Uh, that scene in Count of Monte Cristo, you guys remember that quite a few years ago? I'm your man for life. That, that's what that is. We don't owe Jesus because we can never pay him back. We do, but we can never pay him back. Who could pay him back perfection and holiness and eternity? I can't, Right? But he gives us that, but now Peter, or, or Paul, uh, Paul confronts this person, maybe Peter, maybe Cephas, and he says, look, your faith is under attack. 
excuse me, I've got some acid buildup today. <laughs> um, uh, your faith is under attack when you bow yourself down to the law. When you say, we've got to do it the old way again. What happened is, in the church, the old piousness snuck back in. The old, we have this standard and everybody else gets to, basically the Pharisees crept back in. The rulers of the people, the keepers of the law, the really good ones snuck their way back in. Isn't it amazing how you can, it's kind of like when you're a kid. You can go away to like summer camp, forget all about it, then you come back to school and you realize, oh yeah, there's a cool crowd and I'm not part of it. (laughs) Isn't that right? All summer long you didn't think about those kids who didn't let you in their cool group and you had fun at camp and you had fun at the pool and you went to friends' houses and then you got back to school and there's a hierarchy again and we're stuck back underneath it. Now, what was the difference? Because summer, you were free. <laughs> School's out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's what it was, right? And I almost picture that scene in the church in Galatia where some of the, some of the classic you know, established believers who were there at the beginning with Jesus and then ones who came alongside him, they walk into the room in the church of Galatia and they are the proper, they, they've picked up that mantle of what the Pharisees had thinking Jesus put us in charge and we're a big deal, look out. There's a, there's a, I think there's a good way that explains this actually from a scene from years ago. You guys remember Jurassic Park from quite a few years ago. Take, there's just, just a short clip. It's like 50 seconds. Just take a look at this. Go ahead, guys. Play it. We control their chromosomes. It's really not that difficult. All vertebrate embryos are inherently female anyway. They just require an extra hormone given at the right developmental stage to make them male. But we simply deny them that. Deny them that? John, the kind of control you're attempting is... Uh, it's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but... Uh, oh, there it is. There it is. You're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed? No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life... Uh, we froze it. Okay, he says there it's a classic line, but it's fine because I was going to repeat it anyway. <laughs> Life finds a way. And I would also say the devil counterfeits whatever God does. That's a God design, right? We're still here because God designed us to fight for survival, to exist as a people. God designed us that way, right? We, we know we have a fight or flight instinct. Well, The devil counterfeits whatever God creates. So just like life always finds a way, legalism always finds a way. In the life of a believer, you're meant to be free and live life to the fullest in God's kingdom. And so the devil will try and rob that with legalism. See, if the devil can't trip you up with sin, 
he'll trip you up with law. Let me say that again. That was pretty good. I'm going to write that down, Pastor Brian. If the devil can't trip you up with sin, he'll trip you up with law. A lot of us are probably not going to be crack addicts. It just probably isn't going to happen. Doesn't mean you won't or haven't, and then God bless you if you've battled through that. You know, you're, you're amazing for seeing victory. But, but most people won't. But all of us will struggle with legalism at some point in our life. A level of rule keeping that's unhealthy that actually diminishes our walk with God. And we get so afraid of being free in God that we, we, we start making and keeping rules that we can't keep up and that others can't keep up, right? And yet that's not what God wants for us because true love, real love, real love doesn't have to drive. It's just there. You know, you don't have to tell me to bring my wife a cup of coffee in the morning. I love her. I'm just going to do it. Not to say there's never a bad day where I'm like, she can get her own coffee. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I have those days for sure. But most days, no, because I love her and I want to. You see the difference? And there's bondage and things like that that bind us up and, and yeah, that make some contradictions. But I'm just talking about the rule of freedom it says we are not meant to be bound And you have to guard your faith so that legalism doesn't creep in. And, and, and I remember learning this in my early 20s is really when I began to get a revelation of this in my life. That God wanted me to live a life of freedom in him and joy and not be bound to the rules and, 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 and what I can't do and what I can do all the time. And I was good at rules. Which is funny because I didn't, I mean I grew up in church but we weren't like churched people. We're not like fourth generation, Pentecostal, holiness, whatever, you know, baptized 12 times. Like, that's not us, you know. And so I didn't have, and, and yet along the way, God began to set me free. And it was like, Brian, even you aren't keeping up the rules you're making. It's just not possible. But more than that, you want to uphold God and his law and his word. Here's how you do it by grace and freedom. Brennan Manning said this, my deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ and I have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. Brennan Manning was a Catholic priest, or maybe Episcopal, but he was a priest who was, I believe Catholic, because he was kicked out of the church because he struggled with alcoholism and he got married. Now at that point, it's kind of hard to repair your faith. When churches kick you out, it's tough to recover from. I've never been kicked out of a church. I've been let go from a church, and that was close enough. You don't feel welcome anymore. You don't feel wanted. And it's hard not to associate the God you love with the church or the people you loved. But the Lord will never kick you out. God's not kicking you out of his family. Now, I do believe we can willfully reject him and say, I don't want you, I want sin, I want myself, I want what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But God's, God doesn't do that. We do. God wants us free to follow him fully. That's what he wants for us. But we have to watch our faith because rules that say I can or can't always keep creeping in. I mean, sometimes they're not spiritual rules. Sometimes they're, well, I have to take care of this. I can't do the church thing right now. I got to take care of this. And that, that's not even a bad thing. It's a good thing. Well, you know, i got to replace the flashing up here today so I can't make it over, uh, over to your small group. And it's, is that a bad thing? No. Is that even a good thing? Yes. But is it the best thing? Maybe not. You see what I mean? The devil is subtle. And he's smart. He knows how to lie. He is called the father of lies because he's good at it. <laughs> and that doesn't, it also doesn't mean, well, I didn't go to small group once this whole calendar year. You know, I went to every other one, but I missed once. I'm going to hell. Man, that is, that is a rigid rule. <laughs> I don't keep that rule, okay? That, no, also not, again, it's, there's balance to it. But God wants you free. Free to follow him fully. And that's happening. We have, the gospel is being lost in a generation based on lies and deception. Of the difference of freedom and grace and law and judgment. They're totally lost on it. Now look, the, the gospel can never be lost in our lifetime. But it can be lost in a generation. Like it... The bride of Christ, the church, will remain forever. But can a generation be lost in following Jesus? Yeah, there's like a whole thing called the dark ages. You read up on it. It's pretty disturbing, right? And so, and so Paul sees this in this church, and he's like, if you let this in, this is going to decimate the move of God in this city, and it could go out from there. If you buy into this, that you have to now improve on what Jesus did. Everything we do for God comes from the place of approval with God. We aren't earning it, we're offering it. It's not, God, do I have your favor now? It's God, thank you for favoring me. Here's what I got. It was my little girls. They're the best. <laughs> Shine's gift. She's my she's my nine year old. Shine's gift, I think, for almost everybody in the family this year at Christmas was a little drawing she drew. She's a good little artist. She can't buy me a new car. She can't give me a house or timeshare. She asks me all the time, like, "What's your favorite trip? Going to Israel, Dad?" Like. Yeah, I'd love to. I don't know if that's happening anytime, maybe ever again. I don't know with these days. I don't know. But, and I know that girl, she would buy it for me if she had the money. But she gives me her little drawing, and she works so hard on it. I mean, seriously, hours, like drawing and making it perfect and saying, here, Dad. Nobody will pay anything for that in the world. But that means everything to me. Because it is 
she, she's already got my love. She's my daughter. But she's saying, I love you. And that offering, while it means I can't pay for it, she can't pay for it, she can't give me money, she's giving me her offering of love. She's already got my love. She's just showing me she loves me back with what she can bring. Do you see what I mean? That's why we obey God. That's why we follow him. Here, Daddy, you've given me everything here. And not only that, as a good father, anybody who diminishes that, I'm coming. Sometimes the brothers are like, that's not that good. <laughs> not the oldest ones. He's smarter than that. But, but like, <laughs> you know, it's, or sometimes like, that's, a, a, you know, that's not great art. And I'm always like, I love you. Shut up. <laughs> you know, like, don't you even. Because this is the best art in the world to me. You could burn Picasso's to the ground, and I will keep this. Nobody's going to do that. Don't call anybody. But because why? Well, verses 14 to 16, when I saw that you weren't acting, I, I, he calls them out in front of everybody. You remember that part? He called them out in front of everybody. Because a faith that brings freedom is worth being defended. A faith that brings freedom should be defended. And that's not a... a a idea of going to war against, you know, we're at war with the world. Like, well, yeah, not exactly. You know, and, and no, we're not war against culture and don't engage in. And you got a lot of opinions on that with Christians. Well, the Bible talks about this. And Paul's doing this in this moment. He's looking at people saying, you are mixing up the gospel with something that it isn't. And not only is it not okay, it's heresy. It's evil. It's wrong. Cut it out. And we go into the next chapter. I can't wait because it's such a great line in Galatians 3. Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has who is, who's made you drunk? Who has cast a spell over you that made you think, if I do these things right, God loves me? Wrong. You and I can do nothing to make God love us. That is his choice, and he chose it before time began to say, I love you, end of story. And I will send my son for you when the time is right, and I will redeem you, and I will forgive you, and if you choose to follow me, I will give you eternal life starting right now. Do we really want to add to that story? <laughs> like, that's good, Jesus, but let me add something. <laughs> It's like those Star Wars miniseries that we're putting out on Disney Plus now. Some of them are good, and then some of you are like, why? Why? Stop. I don't need the backstory of the third rebel off the seventh planet. Who cares? Some of you are like, I love those. I'm sorry. I more power to you. But there comes a point. It just, the original was great. Let's leave that story alone. And, and there's a lot of scriptures uh, here, I'm just throw them up on the screen. I'm not going to read them all. But there's a ton of scriptures that talk about the idea of defending the faith. Okay? Jude 1.3. I was very eager to write to you. And just keep going online. You keep, keep putting them on the screen. Uh, <clears throat> maybe we can get them on the website this week or something, guys. Or on the, on the podcast feed. But these verses, just, it's just a feed of verses that talks over and over about where we stand up for our faith. 
We can compromise on a lot of things. The things we don't compromise, are Jesus, uh, compromise on are Jesus and his word. And I would also argue, and his church. We don't move on that. We're just not gonna deal with it. The people, there were debates, right, when we reopened. Well, should we even be open right now? Yeah, actually, we never should have closed. Now, look, we gave the world, government, whoever, the benefit of the doubt as good believers to say we're going to honor this for a few weeks, you know, and, and see. And then, and then, like everybody else, three months went by, and I was like, you know what, enough. The gospel needs to be preached. The world needs the church. As, as one pastor said to, said to me earlier this week, the, the, the church is the moral compass of the world. So if we aren't here, say, oh, well, we're gathering online. That's not gathering. I don't know what it is, but it isn't the biblical definition of gathering. This is worth being defended. We have pushed ourselves out into the margins of society, and now we're standing here wondering, why does government never consider what morality and the church thinks when they make decisions? Because we left. Because we retreated. Because we gave up ground to the enemy over and over and over in every arena in some kind of deluded mentality of mercy. And that is not what mercy is. We don't have to be combatants, but what we aren't is defeated. And that's the mentality we've had. We don't have to be the ones saying, we're taking all your stuff and making it Jesus. The truth is, that's, that's really what the world was for a season. You know, in the 1930s Hollywood, they never could have made what Netflix makes today, ever, because the church had such a strong influence on the world. Now, was that for the best or the worst? I don't know. What I do know now is it ain't good. We're not doing better. We have more entertainment platforms and streaming than we've ever had. Like, I can't afford all the platforms. Can you afford all the platforms? Right? I thought I got rid of my cable bill when streaming came about. Like, now it's, I can be played just as much or more. And on all those platforms, what do you have? You have debaseness because you can only have so much entertainment till you have to push another margin and another and another. And the church says nothing because we retreated from everything. And there's the argument, you can't legislate morality. What do you think the law is? Yeah, you can to a point, within reason. We need to be people who are defending the faith. Paul did that so well. How do you do that? Well, one, uh, real quick, and you can take, I think this is the easiest way. Okay, it's right on the screen. One, know the word. Know what the Bible says. You should know it. You should be biblically literate. If you don't know how to find a chapter and verse, don't be ashamed. Find a leader. Find a, find a person. Get in a circle at Thrive. Our circle starts up again next Sunday night at our house, 16th. Kicks back up about the Holy Spirit. But we'll teach you. We'll show you how to find a chapter and a verse in the Bible. 
It's not hard, okay? We'll teach you about the narrative of the Bible. The Bible has a story. By the way, it's about God, not us, okay? Jesus is the centerpiece of that story. Without the resurrection, we, there's no point in being here. Some people love the cross. I do too. But without the resurrection, the cross is just an embarrassment. But with the resurrection, the cross is the most victorious moment in history. Some of you don't know about the Holy Spirit. You need to learn. He's in the Bible. <laughs> I would argue, you got to cooperate it. <laughs> okay? He's real. God is real. He's living and active with us. And he wants us to be. And he wants us to live in freedom, guys. One of the mistakes in the circles that I run in pastorally and the churches I grew up in that we make is we believe we go to these extremes and we, we make sin somehow this thing that if you cross a line, you can never come back from it. Or, or there, there's just no lines at all. And they're both wrong. God came to set you fully free. But where you're not, he keeps calling us back to himself out of mercy and compassion. And he's holy and righteous and just. How can all those things be true at once? Well, because he's God and we're not. He wants you to be able to defend your faith at any given point. Anybody here ever been in a place where somebody asked you a question about your faith and you're like, I have no idea. Now, those moments you don't have to feel bad, but those are moments maybe the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I want you to wake up here and I want you to grow on this. I want you to learn about this. There's not a lot of those situations I get caught in too much anymore because I've done a lot of study. But does it still happen? You bet it does. There's sometimes... Somebody a while ago was like, what about the book of Enoch? And I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'd never heard of this. Now I do, now I know, and it's a false book. But anyway, it's interesting, though. But there are things, some of you, if I told you, what's the Apocrypha? You'd be like, is that a movie with Nick Cage? It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's a Middle Testament book. We don't keep it in our Bible, and there's some good reasons. I'm not going to do that right now, though, and, and tell you why. Do your homework. You'll find out. There's things called canon. Basically, these things on the word of God, we don't move on, and this is God's word. So know the word. Keep that, throw that back up, okay? So know the word. Number two, know what you believe. Wasn't well, that the same thing? Yes and no. Because <clears throat> some doctrines that we have, what you believe, they're not spelled out word for word in the Bible, but... The very clear narrative is in the Word of God. We believe in the Trinity. The word Trinity is never used in the Bible. Okay? It's used in the Matrix. It's not used in the Bible. Okay? But that's where they got it from, by the way. <laughs> the Word, what you believe is, these are the foundational principles. So, like, we have our banners up. These are, like, the core principles of Thrive Church. Okay? It's not that we can ever add or take away from them, but these are things we want to see at our church on a life-giving basis all the time. These are the immovables for us, okay? 
Well, there are immovables on the word of God. Know what you believe, and first, lastly, know who you believe in. Do you know him? When Jesus says, I'm going to throw people out of my presence, it's from people who didn't know him. The ones who are going to try to trip you up, the things that are going to mess you up in your walk with Christ or, or get easily tripped up, one, are young and new believers. You're easily led away. It's not a slam. It's just because you don't know what you don't know. There's some people who, you know, two, three, four weeks of Thrive, and they're like, oh, man, I saw too many people doing this. I'm out. Like, <laughs> and I, I could, what's funny is they'll go back to a Catholic church they've been a part of, and I'd be like, you know, for somebody who wasn't raised in that, a guy waving around a thing that's smoking, where I come from, you call the fire department. <laughs> okay? And it's, honestly, there's nothing wrong with here. It's just culture. And it's just learning. Now look, if somebody's waving something around with blood and a goat, that's a time to run, <laughs> okay? But, but the rest, you may just need to chill out and learn and grow in it and relax for a minute. And also, you're not expected to know it all, but start digging in. Start learning it. Okay, believers, believers always, here's somebody else who's easily tripped up. Believers who are always looking for something new. If they're going to every single conference you can think of, look, I love conferences. Go to them. Go. Especially the men's retreat. Have you guys heard about that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See what I did there? That was pretty good. Deserves a water break. All right. Good job. <laughs> Believers looking for something new. Like, oh, I, I just, man, have you heard of Prophet? Prophet, Prophet Danbo? <laughs> what? Yeah. He's out of southern Indiana, and he is the best. <laughs> you know, guy drives up, he's got a Confederate flag in the back. Like, no, no, I don't want it, and I want out. <laughs> Man, I, I, I love the prophetic. It's, it's awesome. Let's, and bring it. Like, you find a new person of God that, man, they're moving in a gift, and you receive from it. Do it. Enjoy it. But at the same time, just never be the person who has to have that. Now, look, if you're the person like, I've been in church 20 years, I know my word, and I enjoyed this new thing, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking about the person who's been in church for 20 years, and for 20 years they've kept running to different conferences, and they kept running to different books. And every time it's like they've got, you know, have you read The Secret? Oh, man, The Secret's great. Here's what The Secret is. It's a cult, and it's new age, and it's not a secret. <laughs> And, and, and it's not biblical, okay? That person, you know, what was the one a few years ago? The Shack. I never read The Shack. I didn't see the movie. And, and if you enjoyed it, great. And if you didn't, I don't care. God bless you. I have no opinion on it because I haven't seen or read it. What I can tell you is I don't care. <laughs> can I receive from it if there's something good and valuable? Sure. Sure. But I don't need it. Because I have Jesus. The person is like, man, you, you just got to take your Enneagram test. Has anybody here met somebody with the whole Enneagram thing that's like, man, isn't that like your seventh book on your number? Yeah, how's your Bible reading going? 
I'm joking, but I'm actually quite serious. I know people who have, they are now versed in their Enneagram number, but they forgot to memorize any verses in God's word. Come on. You can enjoy that, glean from it, but that isn't the truth. The truth is God's word and his spirit. Follow that. You can enjoy new things. Don't seek them all out because it'll trip us up. And lastly, no, uh, lastly, uh, believers who just begin to veer off. And this is the most subtle one. And I'm about to close. But believers who just veer off. Oh, this one in my notes, and I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> Thanks, Chase. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll just throw it out there, okay? Uh, so there's a pastor I respected for a long time, and I still respect him. I, I'm not judging his heart. I'm not judging his life. Um, but for many years, I really enjoyed Andy Stanley. If you don't know who that is, he's a son of Charles Stanley, and he is not like his dad. They are very different in their style and what they do and how they present the gospel. Um, I am not judging Andy Stanley. There's many, many things he's taught over many years that are phenomenal. Okay? And that doesn't mean he's teaching anything bad now. But one thing he taught in the last few years, and I went to a small conference about it. He put out a book about it. He basically began to argue the idea of only talk about Jesus and the resurrection and forget the Bible, especially the Old Testament. One direct quote from the book is, um, we have to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament which is really encouraging to all our Jewish brothers and sisters. (laughs) So that's a moment that I was like, so if you don't know, Andy Stanley is a guy who I would, probably one of the pioneers of the secret church, okay? Really good. I mean, phenomenal productions, really dynamic communicator, brilliant guy, amazing team. We sing a good chunk of their songs, okay, from their church. I'm not putting it down, but what happened in that moment is he began to veer off. Was the intention to try and reach the lost? I think so. But you can be well-intended and wrong. The moment, see, in the last couple, anybody here in the last couple years had a couple revelations about life or anybody, anything happened in the last couple years that you're like, I've confronted a few things in my mind. Anybody? Don't say about what, okay? Let's try not to get into that today, okay? But, but in those moments, I've had those moments, just a couple, just a couple. And you know what? The biggest, probably the biggest one was the only thing that's really truth is God's word and his spirit. And everything else is subject to change. So as much as I love Andy Stanley on that one, you veered off and you lost me. This faith is worth defending. The word of God is worth standing by. Just because they don't agree doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Just because someone's offended doesn't make them right. It just doesn't. And lastly, a faith that brings freedom is dead to self and alive in Jesus. A faith that brings freedom those last few verses, it's no longer I that live. It was a song we sang in kids' church growing up, right? No longer I that liveth. Is that, is that just me? Does anybody know that song? 
Huh? But Christ that liveth in. Some of you are like, I am never coming back here. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair. That's fair. Man, that whole idea that it's, again, that comes back to the idea we were talking about. A faith that brings freedom is now not about me. I don't defend the faith because you offended me. I defend the faith because it's the ground we are standing upon. Because one says, I'm not giving up this ground. The other one, the offense side says, you hurt me and so I'm going to attack you. The kingdom of God is established. We're just standing inside that kingdom saying, you can't take down this castle. <clears throat> and they won't, okay? We're from the position that we've already won, but we still are engaged in a battle. And it's not against the world, and it's not against political systems. It's not against the right and the left. It's against darkness. It's against the demonic. It's against sin. It's against the ways of the world, not the people of it. So we begin to lay ourselves down. It's not about me anymore. True freedom doesn't come by way of pursuing our interests, pursuing you, becomes by pursuing Jesus. And while it's the most, sometimes feels like the most selfish decision, it's actually the most selfless decision. Sam, I'm in on him. I have some friends who I love very much and they've had to, over the years, confront decisions like in their kids. When their kids walked away from Jesus and just left the faith in general and some of them, I, mean, I have friends who their kids, you know, are trans and becoming, you know, a girl becoming a boy or vice versa. And, and, and some who just said, I'm an atheist, I don't believe this anymore. And I've watched some of those parents say, look, I love you, and I will love you unconditionally forever, and say, but I'm, I'm still with Jesus, and you're not going to change that. And I've watched others who said, well, I, I'm, I'm just going to love my kids, so. And I got five kids, and I lost one, too, along the way. Believe me, I understand. But I can't imagine losing my kid and my Savior. If we don't have Jesus, what is life? I'm so thankful for a God who's tethered us back to himself and into freedom and life and joy. Hey, a God who says across time, hey, I want you to live. I want you victorious. I want you blessed. Not for your own gain, but for the sake of God's kingdom won in the hearts across the earth. And God wants that for you.
I don't think Paul stood up in the meeting that day and he's like, it's Paul's time to shine. Let's crush these guys. No, Paul stood up that day and said, hey, this is all the great young new believers and you're really messing them up. And maybe your intention is to, to, to be real holy and good. No, you're actually taking us back. You're taking us backwards. Come on, guys. It's not our works that did this. It's Jesus. Anything that takes the eyes off of Jesus isn't him. It's not the walk. Don't look for fame. Don't look for influence. Don't look for position. Don't look for power. Don't look for authority. Don't look for titles. Don't look for better. Look for Jesus. Never get tired of pursuing the master, the savior, the person of Jesus Christ with your whole heart and life. Never get tired of it. And when you are weary and you want a different wind and a different goose bump and a different feeling and a better book, grab it and say, no, I want Jesus. I don't need a new thing. I've got the best thing ever. I want him all the days of my life. I want to live in his freedom. I want to live inside the space of who he is all the days of my life. And never quit. Never surrender. Never give up ground. Forever. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Oh,